Welcome to Film Grain, the official podcast of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania and the Greater Erie Film Office. My name is John Lyons. I'm a filmmaker, teaching artist, and the executive director of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania. My name is Stuart Nash. I'm a filmmaker and the director of the Greater Erie Film Office. This week, our Film Grain Dinner and a Movie series features the Erie premiere of Destroyer, sponsored by Chills Productions. Our guest is Sharon Dale of Greater Erie Arts Rental and Penn State Barron's Program Chair for Digital Media, Arts, and Technology. This is our 20th episode, and having Sharon on is fitting because in many ways the story of film production in Erie begins with her. Our roundtable discussion will be a look ahead. What do we imagine film in Erie will look like in five years? And we want to give a special shout out to everyone who donated to the Film Society last week for Erie Gives Day. Your hard-earned dollars will be going to a great cause as we are working to create a filmmaker fund, enabling our creatives to better translate their artistic vision to the screen. Thank you for your support. Film Grain, Dinner in a Movie is our Wednesday night film series. Film Grain is open to the public and takes place at the Bourbon Barrel, 1213 State Street, Erie, Pennsylvania. We have a big 16-foot screen, leather couch or table seating is available, buffet with vegetarian options, and gluten-free is also available upon request. Table service all night long. This week, August 21st, we are showing Destroyer for the first time in Erie. A police detective played by Nicole Kidman reconnects with people from an undercover assignment in her distant past in order to make peace. Starring Nicole Kidman, Tatiana Maslany, Sebastian Stan, Scoot McNary, and directed by Karen Kusama. This is Rated R. So Sharon, welcome to the program. Thank you, John. It's great to be here with you and Stu. So tell us a little bit about you. How did you get to Penn State Barons, and then we'll get into how you crossed paths with us. Wow. So that <laughs> story goes back a long, long way. I uh, am trained as an art historian. I uh, took a job. This is a true story. I took a job uh, years ago, probably before you were born, at Allegheny College uh, in Meadville, Pennsylvania, and this was before the internet, and I lived in Manhattan, and I did not know where Meadville, Pennsylvania was, and I thought it was close to Philadelphia. Um, and when I uh, flew in, I flew into the blizzard of 77, um, wearing a very lightweight jacket and stiletto-heeled boots because New York City that day had above-average temperatures in the 60s. <laughs> and I thought, oh, well, I probably don't need a coat. Yeah. So when I flew into Erie and flew into that blizzard, something should have said, really, that was not a great idea to leave your coat home and not check the weather forecast. But... How do you check a weather forecast before the internet? Which right. really brings me to the whole issue of what is so exciting about what we do, because the world has been transformed by digital media in silly ways like I can check the weather forecast anywhere in the world today. We take it for granted. We do take it for granted. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, I didn't stay very long at Allegheny. Uh, I did meet my husband there, and we, um, we've been married a very long time now. But 
I was offered a job at Behrend and I jumped on it and I have been teaching art history at Behrend ever since. Okay, so that was your, your first role at Penn State Behrend, art My history. first role was uh, actually a part-time job that then became full-time. Uh, yeah, teaching art history, which is what I still do. I still do teach art history at Behrend. Fantastic. And love it. Yeah. So what got you into, um, after teaching art history for a time, got you into or interested in digital media and kind of making that transition? So, you know, one of the things about being in higher education is it, it, it can, you, you can either calcify or you can, you can change. You can become responsive to the world around you. And I like to think that I am in the latter category. When when you look around, when I look around um, and see how different education has become and how different our students have become, um, I realized about 10 years ago that we really did need to start thinking about a change to our curriculum. I had begun uh, a major in, um, in arts administration, which, was, uh, which has been really very, very gratifying for our students. They get terrific jobs in amazing places. We have a, a student who's two years out of college who's got a chief development job at one of the major museums in the country. We nice. have another student who's uh, doing um, audience development at the premier dance festival in the world, Jacob's Pillow. Oh, yeah. So, so having realized that one of the most important things that we can do for our students is to first give them a solid liberal arts background and second, prepare them for jobs that exist now. Um, and that led me to think about uh, initially starting a digital humanities major. It was going to be a pretty simple affair. Uh, teaching kids about um, how to manipulate text in various ways. Uh, and that's what we started developing. And, and this is actually pretty funny. I sent an email in 2011 to the then dean who wrote me back and said that Penn State was not ready for this sort of program. Mm. So I didn't listen, which is not the first time I haven't listened to somebody in authority. Um, and I proceeded to develop this major um, a couple of years later, um, it became clear to me that we were thinking too narrowly, that we had to expand our focus and really think beyond humanities. So what we did was to create a major that starts with digital humanities, starts with a, a good foundation in digital humanities, but then works its way through the arts, through psychology, um, and truly is interdisciplinary. Uh, my background is actually, uh, I majored in Latin American studies in college. Oh, okay. I did not major in art history. Um, and I think from that point on, I realized the, the synergy that happens when you approach questions from different disciplines, from different angles. Um, and so with that in mind, uh, we started really developing um, a major that was truly interdisciplinary. Um, I worked with 14 faculty members. Yeah, I was going to say, this sounds <laughs> like it's becoming, um, because I've worked in higher education for about 20 years now, this sounds like your undertaking has, has grown quite a bit since your the original idea, right? It has. It started <laughs> with, you know, kind of like a little, a little, couple of courses here and there that was going to turn into some major that would only focus um, on the humanities. But um, yes, we now, uh, <laughs> we've now taken it well beyond the original. Um, and I'm happy to say the major has been tremendously successful. Um, we've been uh, operational for four years, and we already have 70 majors. Wow. 
And so it has, yeah, it has turned into a a wonderful opportunity for our students. And um, are you still adapting the program and getting feedback from students? And what do they say? We are. Students can't say enough great about the program. Uh, We are, um, you know, we've sent out now our major cohort, our first major cohort of students um, out. We have, I'll give you an example of of the sort of thing that happened. One of our students was um, very, very interested in in broadcasting, actually, in, in doing TV or radio. He wasn't quite sure. And he was hired in Pittsburgh, um, at, uh, at one of the public television programs. And he was, uh, he wanted to do some on-air talent as well. And so they hired him initially part-time and then they made him full-time. Um, and because of his background in digit, because he had so many solid skills that he could apply, plus he knew stuff. He actually had a background in the humanities. Um, he was hired um, by a major bank in Pittsburgh um, to to lead a team of the computer people there, not because he had terrific computer skills, which he did, but because he had worked so much with a variety of disciplines. He had worked so much in all sorts of fields that he felt comfortable working with um, a large cohort um, of different, uh, you know, very, very different people. And so um, that was very gratifying for us because we felt that that our our mission, which is that that students both can they they know stuff and they can do stuff, and that's the, sort of my simple motto for what Digit does. Um, it's not just teaching you how to code. Um, it's teaching you uh, content. So students are learning what's important about literature, what's important about history. They're learning um, a, a significant amount of psychology. Um, so yeah, the major has is is very, very distinctive. I know when we were uh, creating it, I went looking for cohort programs. I had to um, get a, a sense of what was out there. You know, we do Penn State, like a lot of other schools, wants to know whether we're duplicating efforts, what the you know what the what the terrain is, um, and I realized very quickly that there was no program quite like this one. It is extremely um, unique, and that's what students say when they come in. Yeah, I'm I'm curious how. So does film kind of touch into yes. some of this? How it, do we get into um, that big picture? Because so, I know yeah. I don't know how much of the specifics you want to talk about back I in do. the old day struggles. That, sure. We had to get um, get this rolling, but well, we've had a lot of. Uh, I can talk about um, the role of film um, in Digit when we uh, are in our in our you know second iteration of the major when we were starting to think bigger about it. Um, we realized that there were different aspects that students might want to focus on. So we actually have four different ways for students to approach um, this major. They can approach it from a strict digital humanities focus. So students who, for example, came in thinking that they wanted to do English or history can now combine their interest in a specialization with digit. Um, Most of our students take what we call the sound and motion uh, module, and that is where film comes in. Um, Most, I would say, uh, the greater percentage, probably 80% of our students are, are pursuing sound and motion. And so film is an integral part of that, but it also includes uh, digital music, okay. for example. And so some of our students are pursuing um, pretty advanced uh, studies of, of 
you know, working, creating digital compositions and working with digital audio. Working in a studio environment. And yeah. Like that. Well, yeah. that was what I was going to ask, and I don't want to advance the conversation too far here, but what are the, uh, inf what's the infrastructure? I know you have a studio. I know we'll talk about gear. Yeah, we will. Uh, but <laughs> audio recording, what, what do you have? We do. What can a and student expect to see when they walk in the doors? They've got, they've got a fair amount of, um, of opportunity there. Tom Doe, who I think you know, um, supervises um, our audio area. And he's, um, he's got a very, very, you know, we have a radio station. Um, we have, actually, I think some kids are podcasting, too. Nice. Uh, there's there's a pretty sophisticated setup. It's not it's a not it's not under my purview, so I can't talk to the specifics of it. We certainly have a TV studio. Um, we actually in within Digit we have um, a pretty sophisticated digital humanities lab, a number of computers and servers, and uh, 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 high speed uh, scanners and yeah, all the tools you need. All the toys, state of the art. All the toys you need. <laughs> Um, so students can do, you know, quite a bit. And of course they have access to gear equipment, which we'll talk about. Yeah, we'll get uh, to that. Soon. I'm chomping up um, a bit on that one. So, <laughs> but students can also, I, I, let me, let me continue. Um, the, the other modules that we have are data visualization and, um, modeling and simulation. And the last one's probably not as, as, um, hasn't been pursued as much by students because it's, um, it really is for students who might think in terms of, of engineering. What we find is that students who um, decide that they don't want to be engineers are usually more interested in sound and motion or data visualization. And I, I do want to actually point out that we now have, as of this semester, um, we have a new data visualization minor. Um, and Great. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, that's within the digit major. We now have a data visualization minor, so we're pretty pretty excited about Explain that. Explain that for uh, the in layman's terms. So you know, if you, you if you think in terms of um, of a graph, that's a that's a kind of data visualization. But if you've ever looked at the New York Times website um, and seen the upshot, um, or Washington Post, or any of the major newspapers. Um, they're doing presenting information in all sorts of uh, interesting and I, I think visually satisfying ways. So um, if you think in terms of a big block of numbers, think in terms of making those numbers meaningful um, and visually appealing. I think for, the, for us, the idea of data visualization is for people who, who maybe can't grasp or, you know, the numbers are just a little bit too complicated, uh, putting things in some sort of dynamic environment, for example, um, can, make, uh, can make that data, you know, sort of come to life. It's a very important job, I think, because there's so much information and news out there that, and people have limited time. Exactly. It sounds like it's a very important role to play in it is it is and and you know the the really sophisticated data visualizations um edward tuft is probably the name that um people might um, associate with him he's he's written probably a half a dozen books on the subject um i should spell his name t-u-f-t-e that's t as in thomas um, and uh, Edward Tuff's books are, are a perfect example of the way that you can take what feels like dry, you know, just a kind of list of numbers. No offense to the math people out there, <laughs> but, you know, we come from humanities focus here. Um, so essentially, you're taking um, lots of data and turning it into something that is immediately comprehensible to anybody who, who looks at it. And there's really an art form attached to that. 
Um, so we, for the first time this semester, are offering um, an introduct introductory uh, data visualization course for, um, for freshmen. Um, who can start in that and then work their way through either becoming digit majors, which we would love, or becoming data visualization minors, which we would also love. Fantastic. Yeah. Dang, a lot to offer there. How do you stack up amongst the other uh, Penn State campuses? I mean, do they offer anything like this at the no other campuses? No one offers Digit. We are the only campus that offers it. Uh, Barrend is a very unique place. Can I can I plug it? I know I'm sitting um, I'm sitting down the road from um, Edinburgh. I'm actually sitting in Edinburgh. We're all but friends. We're all friends. <laughs> um, so one of the things that we can do at Barrend that is I think pretty distinctive is we don't really silo. We don't have. Um, you know, little turf areas where nobody gets in or you don't collaborate. And one of the nice things about uh, being in humanities and social sciences is that we're able to, to span um, uh, going between humanities and social science, going between us and business or going between us and engineering or science. Um, other campuses um, in the system are not quite as as adept um, at that, and um, so our major, because it is so ambitious, um, really can't really be duplicated at any other campus. Um, and so we've been very, very lucky, I guess, in that smart. sense. But maybe we've been also smart um, <laughs> in in making sure that um, the 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 kind of stuff that we offer, the kind of major that we offer, um, is pretty hard to duplicate. It can be done, but um, I'm not sure that other campuses have the ability to to break down those barriers as effectively as, as we can. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> well, taking a trip down memory lane a little bit, I think I met you probably with uh, you know, kind of uh, transitioning into the greater Erie arts rental That's time right. period. I, I have notes from 2013 and 2014. So uh, without getting into all the details, Erica Berlin, our president, um, introduced us. Yes. And there was going to be um, a movie, a feature film. So for those filmmakers listening, uh, not every project works out. But I think the cool thing about this project, obviously, that came out of it was Gear, Greater Erie Arts Rental. So how did we get to Greater Erie Arts Rental? So, yeah. That Erie's was... first and only camera house, as far as my memory is also concerned, right. in Hollywood, New York fashion. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, we all met um, in 2013. Um, there was going to be a feature film, and um, that film never happened, but... Um, what we ended up with instead, and maybe more exciting and more enduring, um, was gear, was the Great Erie Arts Rental, which I have to give a shout out to Erica Berlin. This was her name. It was her title. So I want to make sure that we credit Erica there, give that footnote Fantastic. where it belongs. So um, I was talking uh, to um, a very, very generous donor to Penn State, Pat Black, who um, is always interested in um, innovative ways of uh, using Erie as a kind of innovation hub, and um, I mentioned to him that you know for for not that much money, but it, you know certainly um, a good healthy donation, um, we could essentially kickstart a, a film industry in Erie, um, and I uh, pitched a number, and Pat was very generous and. 
agreed um, to give us that money. And Amazing. I worked with, yes, it was incredibly <laughs> generous and uh, uh, we, we just owe him so much. Um, so with, with that promise donation, um, I worked with Mike Berlin mm -hmm. and John Lyons and, and Stu Nash and um, lots of other people in Erie to develop what we think is, is a pretty comprehensive inventory of state-of-the-art film equipment um, that we have to rent at, I think, very, very reasonable prices. I mean, rock bottom. Rock oh bottom. Oh my God. John Unbelievable. John Crazy. Lyons and Would Steve you like Nash a Red Dragon speak? camera for $250 a week? Right, exactly. So Unbelievable prices. We have the best prices anywhere. I'm pretty sure in the world. Sure in the world. Yeah. Uh, and and the Crazy idea Eddie. is, yeah, no, the idea is to to make sure that um, that creative talent in Erie and in the region can have access to uh, professional grade equipment. I mean, this is top notch stuff. It's what you would get in Hollywood. It's what you would get in New York. Um, we want to make sure that I, I think this is part of Pat's vision, certainly ours, um, that that cost really shouldn't be a barrier to creativity, that if you have a vision, um, we can make that happen. Um, and, you know, we're fortunate. We're part of Penn State, so um, a lot of our overhead is covered. Um, I, I should say that I know that you've had Rob Frank, my manager, the mm -hmm. gear manager, on. Um, so, you know, uh, Rob is a very knowledgeable. He's, he's, he's got his own, uh, you know, business himself as a, as a photographer and videographer. Um, and so, so Rob knows the equipment well. He knows what you can use for your, for your packages. And, um, and we do, we rock bottom the prices because we can do that. And we, it's essentially our gift to Erie. We want, we want film to thrive in Erie. We want creative people to live here, to work here and to come here. Rob's doing a great job over there too. Yeah. And he's Johnny on the spot with all the equipment and he, <laughs> he understands is. the concept of production. Yeah. So when something goes down, like, I remember we rented an M18 and the light bulb went out and it was Sunday on a very hot <laughs> July day. And sure enough, in less than two hours, he was there right there. Yeah, Rob is fantastic. Um, yeah, uh, I, you know, gear gear exists because of the vision of and generosity of people. And it exists because we, we have good people working there and making sure that, um, that, that Erie gets what it needs. And it's ever expanding, right? Yes, I mean, I know uh, speaking with Rob and working with him, he's constantly buying uh, more equipment, which is really nice. Um, I do know, and not a detriment, but gear can probably hold maybe about one or two productions at a time. Mm -hmm. um, you don't, you're not an enormous camera house. No, but we are big enough. But you're big enough to do a lot of independent work, commercial mm -hmm. work, all sorts of things. And yeah. again, the prices are extremely well. And I also have to give it a shout out that personally, I think it can be utilized a lot more. I do too. I mean, the I students too. have to understand one, they do need to have a budget of some sort. Actually, I don't even know what the agreement is. Maybe the students get to use it for free or extremely discounted. The students, the students who are in the advanced filmmaking classes have access to the equipment, yeah. It needs to be used more, basically, is my point. Yeah. And yeah. I do know too, you go in there and you can see all the stuff they have from lights, grip, electric, sound. Uh, Rob will work with you in a bundled package and he'll make a budget that is uh, workable within, you know. Right. And if people aren't quite ready for a red camera, we have Black Magics. Mm -hmm. um, yep. We've got much simpler cameras to work with. Which um, are 4K, right, Stu? The yeah. Black Magic? Yeah, yep. they are. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're pretty sophisticated too. So, um, yeah, people who are, um, who are thinking about making a film um, should definitely contact us. Um, our, our website is, is 
in the process actually of being redone. Um, so it's greaterearyartsrental.org, but it is um, in the process of of being upgraded substantially. We've been working with WorkBot um, to make that happen. The new website is is pretty flashy, very, very beautiful, cool. um, and very easy to use. We are probably rolling that out in the next couple of days. The old website is still up. Um, it's perfectly functional. Um, it probably doesn't have all of the, the visual features um, and the ease of operation um, that the new website does. And WorkBot has done a terrific job. I want to give a shout out there. By the way, I and this is not part of, uh, I, the guys did not know that I was going to say this. Um, I'm in a bunch of different Facebook groups, and um, one of them is a, a financial site. And just completely randomly, um, Somebody was asking for an interesting place to live, and two people recommended Erie and said that mm. Erie had um, had a, an interesting vibe, and and there were very you know there were creative people living there, and I didn't know where that came from, um, <laughs> you know I seconded it so to speak, you know, and said hey check us out, you know, but I thought that was interesting that Erie, and I'm not sure if it's because of the discovery. Uh, Undercover billionaire. Undercover billion. I wasn't really sure how that had even come about, mm -hmm. but I thought that was a uh, very, very interesting that there was starting to be some kind of uh, little buzz. Yes, yes. Yeah. So well done. High five. Well, Round that well house. done. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait. Let me just ask you a quick question about sure. gear one more time. Sure. Do you still offer a discount if you uh, employ a student from the university? Yes, we do always. Yes, okay. there will be discounts um, if you employ students. Which and we always have students. You should students. always employ we, students. We always, we always want. I, you know, gear is 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 part of Penn State Barons. And um, one of the reasons that the donation was given to us is because we're also interested in getting students involved in, in creative pursuits. We want students to learn how to use these cameras and learn how to use the other equipment so that they can go on, if they want, um, into careers in film. And, you know, um, as we know, it's not, it's not just about making a movie. Um, there are all sorts of opportunities for, um, for film. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, absolutely. Students, uh, students working on productions um, automatically triggers a discount for the um, for the filmmaker. And I know one of your graduates, Eric Brown, is out in Los Angeles right now. He He's is. doing well, from what I hear. He is. Yeah, we're very proud of Eric. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you know, we have a number of students who have um, who have gone on there. They may not be working in film, but they're certainly using the skills that they've learned. Do you have a roster? I'm just, you know, catching you off guard here probably, but um, do you have a roster of students that may still be in the area that have went through the program and know the equipment? Um, boy, that's a great question. I probably could come up with them, and that's a great suggestion. I probably should start creating that. Yeah, then on you an could annual basis, exactly. And right. then when people want to hire local, yep. that's they a already great idea. know. Because we've done a great job placing a lot of students on this uh, uh, undercover billionaire, and those students, not only have they gone on from the one project shooting that, but they've already jumped into two other projects. Oh, fantastic. And they're like not even taking a break in between uh, productions. Fantastic. Now, they're not locally, and that's what we're focusing on as the film office is to bring those productions locally. Right. But, yeah, I mean, we got to keep those we'll numbers and names going we'll back and forth. But I think for local, if you're a, a regional filmmaker, an Erie-based um, creative entrepreneur that needs video at all in anything that you're doing, um, commercial, documentary, narrative, um, 
gear greater erie arts rental needs to be the first place that you're looking for anything you need equipment wise really it's it's such a no-brainer it's so obvious but i think you know doing this podcast hopefully will help get that into the minds absolutely and and as as Stu mentioned rob is always um updating our list we're always buying new things and trying to make uh, gear as responsive as we can be to whatever basically whatever the customer needs Awesome. So, so special requests are <laughs> are taken are considered. We, we are considered within reason. You yes. know, they can be accommodated. You know, um, perhaps you need one of those nice big dolly cameras. You know, <laughs> track. Actually, no. Do you have dolly track? I don't know. I don't think I don't think track. you do have dolly I don't think track. We do. Yeah. That's There's something they for the list. A lot of them. Yes, the they list. do. Sorry, <laughs> not to detract. <laughs> I mean, I, um, you guys have, I've said They this. have a slider. They have a slider. They, they just don't have, have dolly track. My yes. bad. Sorry. Yes. I jump in there. We do um, have a slider. I, I say this every opportunity I can that you guys have saved my ass uh, a, a number of times. And um, when we, you know, I've used your services for two uh, productions. I mean, they ended up being for the same movie, but we shot a proof of concept in 2016. Right. I think we kind of... Um, opened up some of the boxes of some of the new equipment at that point. You did. Um, so it's been, uh, you know, a couple years, two, three years. And, um, yeah, this equipment is amazing. And uh, I'm not going to stop promoting it. Well, Just, that's great. We really, everybody that. needs to, like, this. Completely and fully take advantage of it. Yeah, so let's go into our roundtable discussion. So we've looked to, you know, perhaps the last five years getting us to this point. Um, and now it feels like we're really in a good spot where kind of mm -hmm. all of your efforts, all of our efforts um, are starting to come to head with Shooting on Earth last year, Undercover Billionaire. There's two or three other uh, Discovery Channel's Dark Waters, perhaps maybe that was a little tester for us. That happened over yeah. the, the winter. But uh, Erie-based filmmakers oh, are sorry. shooting here right now yes. as well. Um, so it feels like, you know, think we're starting to get to that point where we always wanted to get to, where this becomes a regular thing, not mm -hmm. a, a one-off every year. Um, so let's look ahead and imagine what the next five years, what we want the next five years to look like in Erie. Well, I want that equipment flying out the door every day. <laughs> That's my personal fantasy is that Rob is constantly getting that stuff out the door. A wait list. Yeah, exactly. We like to wait list here. Um, yeah, I'm no kidding. That equipment um, is, is basically there. It, I, it's not free, but it's as close to free as we can make it. Um, and it's top-notch stuff. So what, yeah, we, we would love to see more use of, of gear. We'd love to see that, that, um, that people, creative people in the area avail themselves of, of the equipment that we have and, and use Erie as, as a background for, um, you know, for, for filmmaking. I mean, I, you know, I was out on the water last night looking at how beautiful Erie was. It was a gorgeous night and, uh, you know, we were out on, um, on a boat and uh, I just thought, you know, people who don't know Erie have no idea what you know what what this place offers uh yeah. it is truly magnificent and 
you know, I'd love to see, I, I, I do know, and I, I, I can do a plug here. Um, I was at the, um, the Ben Franklin uh, Technology Partners uh, announcement of the, um, the Technology Startup Awards a few weeks ago um, at Room 33. And it was really exciting to be in a space with so many creative people, so many people who are supporting um, it, both both creative stuff and and technological. And if, if you can be both creative and technological, more power Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. Um, it was fantastic. I mean, there were so many people in the room that I didn't know, and that was exciting to me too, because it meant that there were that the community was growing, that there were people who I, you know, who I did need to meet. Um, I think what Radius Cowork does, what Sean's doing over there is fabulous. Um, my, uh, my now colleague, Matt White, who we've hired at Barron uh, to teach game, uh, runs Whitethorn Media. Um, he is working with one of my current students, Brian Wilson. Brian has just launched um, his video game to great success, um, Where the Bees Make Honey. I can mm -hmm. use a plug there. Um, so, you know, we have exciting things happening in the community. And I think the more kind of buzz that, that we can generate, the more ways that we can get our story out there, um, the better. Uh, one of the uh, hallmarks of what Barrent is trying to do is, is something called um, the Open Laboratory, um, where we collaborate, where, where academics and students collaborate with uh, area companies to provide solutions for whatever problems they have. Now, you know, it works uh, very nicely in engineering. Um, it's a sort of tried and true model, but it's equally true for us that that gear is, in a sense, the perfect open laboratory mm -hmm. um, institution. We, we provide something at very, very low cost. We provide the best possible equipment um, and we can we can make your production happen. Absolutely. I guess I would like to throw out a, a wish list piece, I guess a challenge maybe to both of you. I would like to see more collaboration as far as workshops and training and getting people that aren't in the programs at Behrend, you know, familiar with this equipment too. Like maybe some get back into more meetups seminars over the next year or two and seminars. Yeah, and at least three to four a year or something like that. Something, you know, one per season minimum. Yeah, I would. I think that that's great. Um, we don't currently at Gear have the space to do an open house anymore. We've uh, we've moved from again. Uh, you know, Pat Black's name comes in. Pat was providing uh, a space for us um, for um, a couple of years actually, mm. um, and that space was was enormous. Um, Gear now is is more locally based at Barron now. Okay. Um, our space is uh, considerably smaller. The advantage that we have is that if things need to be sent out. If equipment needs to be mailed out, Rob can just go across campus to the mailroom. Oh, yeah, great. Um, yeah, that was the smartest yeah. choice you guys made. Even yeah. though yeah. SB3 was a beautiful structure Fantastic and a great structure. office space and what have you, that was probably one of the smartest things yeah. I thought you guys and could so, have done. Now the students can take advantage exactly. of it better. So students can take advantage of it. It puts much less of a burden on Rob to, to get the equipment out. Um, but we don't, have, we don't have space. So gotcha. we probably need to think in terms of another location but you um, have classrooms we do we do and we have lots of space yeah can... we have lots of space at Barron that we could use for events and I'm sure they could build a building <laughs> don't I wish don't Just I wish for our social meetups yeah what the heck come on come on now <laughs> um I would like to see uh um and this is a want because we are lacking in our crew um but more people who know sound better mm. sound production okay 
Um, okay. I'd like to be able to say, Sharon, I need a student who can go on spot this weekend and run sound. Sound is so important. So I actually do have a student for you. So uh, yes, that's oh, interesting that's too. Yes, it's good to know. And maybe that's something that we should be doing more of, and that is collaborating more with the film office um, and and finding what the needs of filmmakers are, um, because we probably do have students who can, you know, who can help out with with needs once we know. Right. Yeah. So we can put them right to work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In and out of school. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> we have a, actually a very talented student who is, uh, she's actually preparing to go to graduate school in, in, in sound. And so. That'd be great. If she can fit it in. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Money talks. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. No, yeah. no, and also the experience. For right, right. Be, yeah. The professional experience would be. So okay. what else? What else do you guys want to see in the next five, five years, years from now, related to gear and production? More productions coming into town. That's for sure. I would like to see, and I, and I, and I, I Mayor Schember must not ever sleep. I see him everywhere. I have to say, I, I, you know, I give him enormous credit for being uh, very approachable and being everywhere. Um, but it would be probably um, great if we could have some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of support <laughs> mm, yeah. from the mayor's office and also from the county um, that, that, you know, that essentially uh, provided uh, clear pathways for people who wanted to film here, um, who wanted to come in. And I know the film office obviously does that, but, but we know that there are We're working tax on incentives, yep. you know, in the state. Um, and, I, you know, I... I I know that that there, you know, various municipalities have different kinds of incentives. Um, I think it would be to our credit to um, to think in terms of creative incentives. I, the Ben Franklin Partnership has been terrific, um, and and there are lots of people who, lots of companies, uh, area startups who've gotten support from Ben Franklin. Um, but I think that there, and people may not know about it. So Ben yeah. Franklin is housed at at Barron. It's housed. It's part of a a statewide initiative to. Um, to underwrite and develop uh, mostly technological companies, but um, it's it's a tremendous resource. But you have to know that it's there. The things that uh, people like, just the little gripe that we have brought up from time to time, people don't understand that filmmaking is technology. Right. Like Erie doesn't get that, and that's what we're trying to get over that hurdle of. Right. If you're talking a startup. That's what a film is. That's what a production company is. You're turning out a product. It's it's the same as any other technology, and it's so technology driven. Exactly. I think they, it's getting over the hurdle of oh, it's just actors and directors. Well, what's everything else surrounding those two people? You know? It's like they 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 want a widget, you know. Right. They want a thing, and you know Ben Franklin understands. It, ben Franklin understands um, technology because they're you know they're working with. Uh, different kinds of, of websites, it, not websites, but, you know, companies that are, are actually marketing a product that exists digitally, right? So, Which you know, assisting, a assisting, or a camera, yeah, assisting, or a microphone, uh, physicians, or, I'm sorry, um, didn't they used to know, shoot it on, of... on the celluloid material, <laughs> and now yes. we have these little yes. terabyte cards? <laughs> so, yeah, there's, I think there's a lot of opportunity for growth. Um, I'm actually very optimistic. Um, yeah. I think that there's a lot more happening in Erie. I, because of, of you know, my interest in my position, I end up meeting a lot of, of people who may not know one another, um, but who are focused in uh, technologically creative, uh, 
that's what we need to do is call it technologically creative. There you go. Throw tech in Creative there. technologies. Great. Oh, creative technologies. I think I just found our... I like it. I found Buzzword. Buzz. I think <laughs> I just found... Let's write that down and remember. That's right. So, yeah. And I, I, there's a lot There's a lot going on. I think we could probably spend more time maybe connecting the film office with, uh, with organizations like Ben Franklin. Um, and governmental, like you said. Yeah. Like Stu... One of the things that he's found, and you can obviously sure, sure. jump in here, is that a lot of film offices are part of basically a DCED, like a economic development, and they get a portion of budget allotted to right. their efforts. And that was the case probably about 10 years ago, but that has changed at our Pennsylvania state level. Um, but getting back to also to just getting the word out, um, Erie Arts and Culture hold, held a town hall, oh my gosh, maybe about a month ago, and there's like, what can we do, you know, to change things around here? And I raised my hand. And I said, film-induced tourism, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that was before we even had the information of Undercover Billionaire and all that stuff on, was mm -hmm. going on. And now, I, I mean, I really feel like we're turning a corner here. And we got a strike while it's hot. Yeah. Um, we've had a tremendous opportunity handed us to us by Discovery. And uh, and we need to ride the wave. I mean, right. obviously, I know this is very cliche, but uh, uh, and it's happening. It is it happening. Is. It is. And we need to keep moving with that momentum. Right, right. I know there was a meetup. Uh, I think maybe it was at Radius for, for a creative meetup that yes, happened. That probably it. needs to happen more. Yes. And maybe connecting <clears throat> Radius with Ben Franklin, for example. Now, Ben Franklin is, you know, is, is, is more of, of a kind of established group, but, but they have access to financial resources, or at least, you know, they have access to state funds that we could connect creatives with so that's that's again something that we i, I think we can um, act as brokers or at least i can right liaison uh, yeah brokers, right. right we'd um, love to your connect, help <laughs> to connect i'll put that on my list um <laughs> you know to connect folks from the creative end and and the you know sort of more technologically driven end because that's i think again that's a component that that we we can we can foster that's well, that thought that is can. happening because I do know that Ben Franklin and uh, Radius are connected so yeah they're constantly working with each other okay great so great we just gotta work ourselves in there right <laughs> we'll get there yeah well so it's hopeful yeah. we're all hopeful we're all working well, I think we're all pulling in the same direction yeah. I mean you know I, I I think as much as anything you know it's 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 just learning how to to move the process forward. Um, in a consistent way, yeah. rather than a kind of lurch and then stop and then lurch and then stop. I think there's a constant, the need for consistency. Stu is... I don't know how to phrase this. I'm like, I mean, we are obviously biased here. You know, we want to see this happen. Yeah. Okay. But what is, do you think, the major motivator or turning point that's going to uh, convince other people that this should happen? Technology and hotel rooms. <laughs> Money. That's what I was going to say. The number of hotel rooms that are being used. Overnight. And the te getting technology into the conversation. And sorry, I know, Sharon. I didn't mean to yeah. jump in with my sarcasm. Oh, snark, that's but. hilarious. There are a lot of hotel rooms coming online. That's for sure. That's for sure. We can fill those visiting crews that's what i mean and that's the food induced tourism because so mean, not... one of the things i mean erie for example erie events that runs the convention center do we have connections with them are we constantly aware of what's coming in do we have a calendar for the next 12 months that says this group is going to be there what kinds of technology could we offer them what kinds of um, opportunities are there for you know for filmmaking 
there, um, looking out, looking out to what's you know what's coming in to Erie. Um, I think that would be again that's an avenue that maybe we haven't explored as yeah. well. It's a good call. Well, I think that's all, right, Stu? Do you want to wrap wrap with Sharon and then we'll jump into the. Let's talk sailing now. We won't bore the audience. <laughs> it turns out, coincidentally, that, that Stu and I have uh, a similar boat. We have the same brand boat. He has a bigger boat than me. Um, <laughs> but we do have, oddly enough, the same type of boat. <laughs> well, this is great talking with you guys. I really appreciate uh, the time. Um, and Thank you, uh, if anybody wants to contact me, I am very easy to find at um, any of the Penn State websites. Um, I'm in the School of Humanities and Social Sciences. And um, if you email me, I usually respond within 10 seconds. So <laughs> feel free to contact me about uh, any questions you have about gear or any um, interests that you have in any of the majors that we offer, especially digital media arts and technology. Thank you so much, Sharon, for being an all-star and everything that you've done and continue to do I for wish, Erie. But thank, thank you, you, John. <laughs> so that's been our episode. Remember, you can buy tickets for Destroyer at filmsocietynwpa.org or at the door. Doors open Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Next week, August 26th, we'll be joined by Erica Berlin, the president of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania, to talk about our strategic plan looking forward the next decade. And on September 2nd, we've got Nicole Boyvin-Stadler, owner of Erie Movie House, on the show. We'll be previewing our entire fall program for Film Grain as well. Make sure you follow us on social media. You'll find all the tags and links in the show notes for the episode. Until next time, this was Film Grain. This podcast is produced by Edinburgh University's Center for Branding and Strategic Communication. It's part of the Northwest Pennsylvania Innovation Beehive Network.